Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recording. This is Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Never say never, but never. I plan on leading this team with an unwavering standard. Everybody love everybody. We will call it the golden standard, and this is the standard that will drive this football program to its 12th national championship. With Sean Styers. I like that guy. Yeah, what you could do is, is you could have a barbecue on that it's head. A good time, you know what I mean? On Sports Radio 960 AM, double. USBT. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. They're chasing him. They're not going to get him. And now your host, Sean Styers. Hey, how we doing today? Ready to rock and roll into a Tuesday of Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Hope your day is going swimmingly. We've got South Bend Cubs baseball coming up tonight. Live from Four Winds Field. Good thing the sun came out because it's uh, a lot warmer right now. But uh, 7.05, first pitch, the Cubs hosting the Beloit Skycarp. Skycarp. Uh, I don't know if they changed that last year. I don't remember them being called the Skycarp last year. They used to be the Snappers, though. But uh, no longer the Beloit Snappers. They are now the Skycarp. And uh, it'll be a 7.05, first pitch, pregame 6.45. Brendan and Max from Four Winds Field on Sports Radio 960 AM. WSBT. Well, a couple different things to get to today. A handful of things, actually, to get to today. We'll talk some Notre Dame football recruiting and NFL draft uh, in our second segment with Ryan Roberts, new to the show today. But the draft is a week from Thursday, so we'll talk a little NFL draft, Notre Dame-related, but uh, Notre Dame football recruiting as well. He covers both of those different topics, but Brady Quinn, thanks to Brady Quinn, Notre Dame has uh, made a move into the NIL foray. Uh, Pete Sampson from The Athletic had the story about it, and if you haven't seen it, Quinn has started an LLC. It is called Fund, F-U-N-D, Fund, and um, as in the human fund. But uh, it's an acronym for Friends of the University of Notre Dame, and as of this week, they launched a website, fundfoundation.org, where people can make donations to help Notre Dame basically push forward into the world of name, image, and likeness, NIL. In a nutshell, what this group is doing, they're letting Notre Dame football players, they the players can be matched with a charity to work with, and then in return, this fund, fund group, will compensate them for the time they spend working with those charities. So they're going to be, you know, working with about a half dozen football players this spring. And as they get more donations, they'll be able to expand into other sports as well, whether it's men's and women's basketball, soccer, whatever, baseball, you know, whatever it happens to be. But uh, they've obviously got to get, you know, continue to, to build this up. They just launched that website again. It is fundfoundation.org if you'd like to make 
a donation to that to help Notre Dame with their NIL efforts. But, you know, it's definitely different. I guarantee you that Alabama's Bryce, you know, Young's $1 million NIL deal, it's it's not contingent upon doing any community service work <laughs> or work with charities or anything like that. And I don't know if you saw this. I just saw this this afternoon before uh, the show started just a little bit ago. John Daly, the golfer, John Daly's son, um, he is a freshman golfer at the University of Arkansas. And uh, John Daly II has inked an NIL deal with Hooters. Yes, that's right, Hooters. And there's a picture of father and son with a pair of Hooters girls, uh, you know, with the golf clubs, and they're in their golf skirts. Their Hooters girls are in their golf skirts. The, the father's son, the two daily men, John the first and John the second with their golf clubs and golf shoes and all that kind of good stuff. And so I guarantee you that John Daly II with his Hooters NIL deal is also not doing any uh, charity work or community service work. But that's how uh, Brady Quinn has has set this up with uh, what he's doing at Notre Dame. It is a first step, you know, kind of a first step you'd expect for a place like Notre Dame. And uh, the bottom line is, you know, they've got to make some kind of first step. They had to do something because everyone else is doing something. Again, a golfer at Arkansas with a Hooters deal. And, of course, Bryce Young at Alabama with, with all of his stuff and NIL all over the place. So we'll see where this goes and if other NIL opportunities come about for Notre Dame players. But it is a space where, as of right now, Notre Dame is still behind, but Brady Quinn pushing this and uh, trying to at least catch up in part with uh, what some other schools and and, uh, athletes at other schools are able to do. So the Blue Gold game Saturday at Notre Dame Stadium will hear it here on WSBT. Darren Pritchett and I have the call uh, looking forward to that, mostly looking forward to the weather, though, at this point, even though it's nicer this afternoon. It's supposed to be sunny and 81, which is a far cry from the snow we woke up to here this morning in town on the ground. Most of it's gone now, but they're going to put the teams together a little bit differently this year. When it comes to spring games, you know, you, you kind of, you never know. Everyone's got to, it's done differently, basically, every year. You know, they've Tried to have the ones versus ones, twos versus twos, and do that kind of thing. Last year was a little bit different. Lack of depth on the offensive line. They basically put together a couple of teams, played the true blue versus gold with a handful of guys like Tyler Buckner, you know, floating back and forth between teams. You know, they'd have some guys floating back and that kind of thing. And it's a pure draft this year. They're going to draft tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock, at the Irish Athletic Center. Media is going to be able to to watch it, and the way it's going to go down, they're making full use of Jerome Bettis with him back on campus, uh, finishing his degree at Notre Dame this fall. Bettis is going to be the commissioner of the Blue Gold Draft tomorrow morning. And so what they're going to do, they'll toss a coin and determine which team gets to pick first. And that team, the team that wins the coin toss, is not going to pick a player, but they're going to pick the position group that they're going to draft first and then get the first pick and then so then what they do after whoever you know wins the coin toss picks the position group you don't like get the whole group obviously what they do is the two captains coaches pick from that position group until you know like if it's the offensive line you pick until all the offensive linemen are gone 
Then the next guy gets the next choice of position group. You draft out that entire position group, and you move on through it. So I'm kind of curious to see what order they go in tomorrow. You know, which position group they pick first, which, you know, what and and uh, what, you know, what comes second and all that different kind of stuff. But coming up in the 6 o'clock hour, Vince D'Addario is going to join me. And we're going to take our own stab at drafting our own blue-gold teams for, uh, ahead of tomorrow's blue-gold drafts. We will do that. We're going to use the same format. We'll see where it goes. But I tell you what, no matter what happens, Harry Heastan's going to be ready to go. You know Harry's going to be ready to go. He is back on campus, the offensive line coach for the Fighting Irish. Second stint here at Notre Dame uh, after spending some time with the Chicago Bears in the last couple of years in, I guess, semi-retirement. But Harry Heastan spoke with the media recently and got some of his comments right now, starting with the growth that he has seen from his offensive line. Uh, right now, I uh, feel good about the way they approach practice and their their attitude when they come in to learn and the effort that they're giving. So th- those are the things that were very important to us to get that going properly. And, uh, I've appreciated the way that's going. Yeah, and you know, it's like Harry Heastan comes back and uh, what, the next thing you know, you've got the offensive lineman working longer after practice once again, working on the little things, you know, that's kind of what happened when before Harry had his uh, meeting with the media recently. He had to come out a little bit later because, you know, typically practice ends, position group, coach, and the players you know, come out and, and do their thing, but took a little bit longer because Harry's still working with the guys, and you love to see it. But uh, we're getting now toward the end of spring. This has been going on now for what a little bit more than a month and a half something like that what uh, what what kind of change in his group has he seen over the course of this spring well i uh lo- looking back uh that's a few years there's um i, I would say this group is learning how to uh, match the standards that the groups before them have had and i think we had ground to make up there, and we're slow. Like I said, we're we're inching our way forward, and we're making progress, just like that first group did. It took us all through spring and training camp to, you know, understand exactly what was being asked of them, and then how they could do it to the best of their ability. And we're we're in that. That's a process right now. Yeah, and with Harry Heastand, it starts with the little things, the details, you know, kind of like, you know, some of these other guys, whether it's Mike Elston or, or Mike Elko, when he came in and he was putting together this defense and trying to revamp a defense under Brian Van Quarter that was basically non-existent. It all started with just really little things. And sometimes you can't see some of those little things. Sometimes you can see, you know, and you do see these offensive linemen here Later in the spring, one thing that stands out is what Ed Orgeron was talking about last week. You're starting to see more physicality, a little bit more mean streak. But Harry Heastan was talking about comparing this group to those of the past. And uh, those guys of the past, many of them in the NFL right now, whether it's Zach Martin with the Dallas Cowboys, Quentin Nelson with the Indianapolis Colts, Sam Mustafer with the Chicago Bears, Mike McGlinchey with the San Francisco 49ers, and on and on and on. And some of those guys have popped back in and uh, and 
made some appearances at Notre Dame. So when you talk about holding this group to the standard of the ones that he has built in the past, you know, when those guys from the past come in, you would have to think that that has some impact. What's Harry Heastan have to say about his old guys coming back and sharing some of their knowledge with his current players? Yeah, it means everything because the guys coming back appreciate their time at Notre Dame, appreciate the things that they learned while they were here. But most importantly, they, they love Notre Dame and they want to see Notre Dame be successful, and particularly this offensive line. Um, they uh, love coming back and helping, and that's a, uh, it really means a lot. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to our players. And you can see that, again, you know, it's got to be pretty cool when you see guys like Quentin Nelson, Zach Martin kind of roaming around out there. A couple of all pros who have been doing it both at a very high level since they stepped foot on the NFL field. Both of them all pros as uh, rookies in the NFL. But what about this unit specifically? Is Harry Heastan, what, what kind of togetherness has he seen from this group? It's uh, one of the most important things. They have to uh, care more about the group than themselves. They have to be together. They have to see things through one set of eyes. Can't have, can't have individuals uh, up there. They have to be all on the same page, work out issues, and have themselves uh, dialed in on each snap to have success because it takes um, it is, it's the ultimate team game is football anyhow and then when you boil it down to that group that those five guys have to be doing exactly the same if a one guy is going off on, we, I thought this then it's no good we, we all got to see it together yep absolutely can't be doing your own thing up there you know really anywhere on the football field but especially as an offensive lineman they've all got to be in sync and that can you know kind of get out of whack but the spring is a, you're not as worried about it I guess because of the fact that you've seen play you know one one kind of recurring theme that we've heard is you know the cross training with guys playing in different positions and Harry Heastan has been no different you know moving guys around they've got their natural position maybe but also playing secondary position. So how has Harry Heastan sort of balanced that, getting guys comfortable at their own position versus that cross-training aspect? You know, you have to pay close attention. Is there a point where the player being moved is taking a step back? So you have to really study the film, which we do, and make sure that if the guy's you know, not playing like he's capable of playing, then we'd rather, let's okay, let's leave him at one spot and let him grow. So we're always evaluating that. I would imagine so. And uh, a couple of guys who uh, are the uh, the old veterans of this group, Josh Lug, you know, speaking of a guy who played one position last year and uh, now, you know, playing more inside this year after playing right tackle last year, Lug and Jarrett Patterson. And Patterson is out for the spring with his injury, and uh, we'll touch on that here in a second. But just what about the leadership that those two guys, Lug and Patterson, give to the offensive line group? Yeah, they're, they're, they're leaders, and, and they know how to lead. They've been in that role before, and the team uh, responds well to them. So we've got guys that people respect, and when they speak, people listen. And again, Patterson out for the spring due to that pictorial injury and here's an update from he stand on him 
Yeah, uh, you know, he, he's got. A, he's a guy that uh, has earned the respect from his teammates, and you can lead once you have the respect of people, and he does that. So he's uh, he's key to help bringing out the best in each guy, and it starts with himself, and we'll get him healthy, and then we'll push forward from there. And that'll be the big thing, how uh, how that goes. Zeke Carell playing more center this spring with Jarrett Patterson out. And, of course, Patterson came back for an extra year of eligibility when he could have declared for the draft. And uh, hopefully is he is able to heal and uh, be 100% once the season rolls around in the fall. That'll be a guy that we'll be uh, kind of keeping our eye out for once fall training camp begins. Another guy, Blake Fisher. Young guy, of course, started the season as a freshman at left tackle and then uh, injured, was out for most of the season, came back, played right tackle in the Fiesta Bowl. Here's Harry Heastan's thoughts on Mr. Fisher. Well, you know, you can see that there's a very talented player there and somebody that's learning uh, on the job and learning how to how to be the best player he can be. And normally those conversations are about fundamentals, things that we saw in practice, things that we're trying to emphasize, getting our technique to be tremendously consistent. And the games for the offensive line are, are, are won and lost on, on the ability to be fundamentally sound and consistently have winning technique, technique that gives you a chance to, to be successful making your blocks. And so that's what a lot of those conversations are about. Now, of course, uh, at this point, there's a lot of more veteran presence on this offensive line, especially you had all these inexperienced guys last year. You've got you know plenty of guys who have been around for a while and a handful of youngsters like Joey Tonona or Billy Shrouth, but you know, and and those guys, you know, not playing, um, you know, Shrouth with the injury and and that kind of thing. But you've got, again, you've got a mix. You, you're always going to have a mix of old and young guys. And here's how Harry balances how he coaches the veteran versus the youngsters. No, it's very different. Um, your experience a lot of times dictates that. The more times you've done something, we're all probably better at, better at it. And so the younger guys take a few more reps and more explaining and more uh, helping them understand why we're doing something and what creates an adjustment and why would we block this way against this, this particular look. And look. So the less you've done that, the more work you need. So we've spent a little more time with those guys on that. And finally, Harry Heaston, one of seven new assistants on this Fighting Irish staff this year, and here's his thoughts on how that staff has gelled this spring. Uh, very well. You know, Coach Freeman uh, knows what he's doing, knows how to put a staff together. Uh, he's uh, a great leader and is very genuine, and he hired people that are very genuine too. So uh, everybody's about the team and getting it right and not about themselves, which is uh, tremendous to be around every day. Again, that's Harry. He stand back as offensive line coach for the Fighting Irish. A lot of people have been pining for him basically since he left for the Chicago Bears a few years back, and now he is back with Brian Kelly down at LSU and Marcus Freeman, head coach at Notre Dame. And we will see just what that offensive line looks like. I think we're all looking forward to kind of seeing what that looks like at least get a little bit of a glimpse of it Saturday during the blue gold game. It, it again, they're drafting the team, so it's not gonna, you're not going to see a full unit who's used to working together 
out there. It's going to look a little bit different, pretty much like last year as well, where you might have you know a starting tackle on one, you know, starting left tackle on one team, starting right tackle on the other team, that kind of thing with uh, the Blue Gold game this Saturday. And again, you'll hear that at one o'clock here on WSBT. Take a timeout. When we come back, we'll get a recruiting and NFL draft update from Ryan Roberts from irishbreakdown.com. Budweiser's weekday sports beat is brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Sports fans, this Bud's for you. Tim Growl State Farm Insurance. Save money on home and auto insurance with Tim. Serving both Indiana and Michigan. Call 574-232-9981. Barnabies of Mishawaka and Granger serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. And the Food Bank of Northern Indiana hungers a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. Time out. And then some Notre Dame football recruiting and draft talk coming up next on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. Got a new contributor to the show, Ryan Roberts, irishbreakdown.com. He's going to talk some Notre Dame football recruiting. And now, if you check out Ryan's um, Twitter handle, I don't have it written down. I should have written it down here, Ryan. But it's basically it's something to do with Ryzen Draft, correct? You got it exactly. It's it's rise and draft. So okay, you remembered it perfectly. All yeah. right, <laughs> and you do a lot of uh, NFL draft type coverage as well with that, and we'll talk about some of that here in a minute. But you do a little bit of both, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, my, my roots are kind of in the NFL draft sphere, and then I was lucky enough to uh, do a little contributing with Brian, obviously over at Irish Breakdown. So when they had a recruiting analyst or director of recruiting opening uh, position, I, I really wanted to take him up on it. So I, I dip my toes now in the NFL draft and recruiting world, which is, you know, a little, a little insane to say the least, but it uh, keeps <laughs> me on my this toes. time of year. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, NFL, NFL draft next week. And then, you know, obviously I'm going to be in town this weekend for the blue gold game with a lot of recruits on campus. So yeah. it, it's going to be a hectic couple weeks for sure. All right. All right. Sounds good. Well, let's just jump into it then. Uh, we've got a, there's a big commitment that is coming up tonight from uh, Del Vale High School in Texas, wide receiver Braylon James. He is set to make his commitment. So who's who's besides Notre Dame is, is in the mix for Braylon James, and what do you think Notre Dame's chances are to get him tonight? Yeah, it's a really interesting uh, recruitment. I, I feel like for a lo- for a long time you just kind of expected that like the University of Texas or a TCU would kind of be – one of the forefronts for, for Braylon James, and they are a TCU speaking of, of them is one of the final three, but Braylon's just kind of a different, a different cat to a degree. You know, he's got Notre Dame, obviously TCU, and then Stanford is actually his final three. I mean, this kid is a above 5.0 GPA type of type of kid. So he's very thoughtful. He kind of understands the full picture. He's talked in the past to a couple people on our on our staff that, you know, Texas is right in his backyard, but he kind of wants to expand a little bit, right? Like he wants to get out of just the just the home state. He wants to really test his limits and he wants to, you know, put himself into a situation where he can he can have the most substantial growth. So I think it kind of speaks paramounts to Braylon the fact that two out of the three are high academic institutions. So I, I feel really good about where Notre Dame is going into the night. They have really, I think, especially since Chancey Stuckey took over as the 
wide receiver coach at Notre Dame. He had a pre-existing already relationship with Braylon out of the state of Texas. So I feel really good where Notre Dame is. They've really done a good job, I think, separating themselves over the last few weeks. And I, I think that you have put they have put themselves in about as good a situation as they could could coming into the uh, the commitment tonight. Okay, and that's he's committing at seven tonight. Is that right? I think it's six thirty Central Time. Six thirty Seven thirty. So okay, so yes. seven thirty Eastern. Is he is he just doing you know like a, a social media thing? Is it where's where exactly is he going to be making the announcement? Yeah, he's he's going to be live on CBS Sports. So okay. over at um, if anybody's following Irish Breakdown on YouTube, we're going to be carrying the commitment live, and then we'll have our instant reaction. Our our um, our program tonight, our show is going to start at seven o'clock Eastern time, and then we'll carry it right into the seven thirty decision time. So okay. we'll be watch, watching the decision live, and then we'll just have our instant reaction, obviously, to whoever he ends up uh, choosing. Okay, sounds great. And again, that's the wide receiver. Braylon James committing tonight, so we'll see how that goes. Fingers crossed, and uh, see where Notre Dame ends up this evening with Notre Dame, TCU, and Stanford all in the mix. And then, like you said, you're coming in for the Blue Gold game this weekend. And yes, the weather is supposed to be a lot nicer this weekend. So, who are those? Some of the uh, the more well known, both committed and uncommitted players who uh, are going to be here. Who maybe you'll be talking to this weekend. Yeah, it's a really, I mean, I applaud the Notre Dame staff because obviously the blue gold game is a big spectacle for not only, you know, just kind of the commencement of what has been a traditionally a really good spring practice session, but also you're you're getting a lot of a really popular and, and big name recruits on campus. I mean, I think it starts with the commits, the only committed current commit that Notre Dame has that is not expected to be there is Cooper Flanagan, the tight end out of De La Salle in California, who just visited recently. He'll be back again the, the June 10th weekend. But, I mean, they have Keon Keeley that's going to be on campus, the great defensive end out of Florida. They got Brendan Vernon, the Ohio defensive end. Drake Bowen's going to be there. Adon Schuler out of New Jersey. Peyton Bowen, the safety out of Texas. Preston Zinter, the most recent commitment out of uh, the state of Massachusetts linebacker. And Cedric Irvin Jr. is also going to be there on campus this weekend, the running back out of Florida. So they had all the commits outside of Cooper there. Uh, really talented list, man. Like there's a couple of great wide receivers on, on campus that are uncommitted. Jaden Greathouse out of the state of Texas as well. Rodney Gallagher, Pennsylvania, who's more of a dual threat uh, quarterback actually for Laurel Highlands, but he's a really explosive, fantastic receiver. And there's, I mean, it's, it's, it's really exciting because I, I think Notre Dame's staff has gotten all, obviously off to a great start on the trail, especially on the defensive side of the football. They have a lot of great offensive players that are scheduled to be on campus. Those wide receivers I mentioned, Jaden Lamar, the running back out of out of uh, Washington, is a really talented football player, and they got a trio of really talented offensive linemen. They're scheduled to be there: Sullivan Absher and Austin Saraveld. Saraveld's out of Ohio, a big Ohio State, my, uh, Notre Dame, and Alabama battle for him. Monroe Freeling out of the state of South Carolina, and then Sullivan Absher out of North Carolina. So a lot of really talented players, both 2023 and 2024 alike. But I'm especially especially interested in seeing how they do with the with the offensive linemen and the wide receiver uh, recruiting yeah. as, far, as far as 2023 that's going to be on campus because they currently don't have a commit in either the offensive line or the wide receivers for the class, but they have a lot of talent that's coming in. So I think it's going to be a really exciting weekend for Notre Dame. Yeah, and I mean, obviously the wide receiver position is such <laughs> a priority, such an area of need right now. So I yeah. think everyone's kind of anxious about that. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I went up to the spring practice that was open to to the media a few weeks ago, and I mean, it's really easy to get excited about guys like Lorenzo Styles and sure. Deion Colsey, who was limited to that. But like you're saying, I mean, th- there is a depth issue, obviously, especially with Joe Wilkins being out now with the injury. Avery Davis is coming back from an injury, so there's just not a lot of great numbers. I mean, you got Tobias Merriweather obviously coming in for the fall semester, but right now the the numbers at wide receiver just aren't great. The talent level is. But I, I think that obviously the priority in this class is like they want to get at least a good four four really good wide receivers in this group. So it, it's definitely a priority to get not only numbers but talent in that wide receiver room for 2023. Yep, absolutely. Ryan Roberts with us from IrishBreakdown.com. The corner, um, Justin Rett decommitted over the weekend. How How much should Irish fans be wringing their hands about that decommitment right now? I mean, Sean, there's a lot of layers to it, right? Because, I mean, Justin Red is, first and foremost, a very talented player. You know, he's a top 100, pretty much consensus across the board, depending mm-hmm. on what recruiting platform you look at. He, I think he has top 50 upside. I mean, he is legitimate, six foot one, 190 pounds, runs 4-4, verified in the 40-yard dash. So he's a really talented player, and he's coming out of Bishop Gorman. That's obviously, a, you know, historically, over the last, like, 10 or 15 years, it, it produces a lot of talent, obviously, for the collegiate level. So it's a loss. It absolutely is. So... I've had to talk, you know, a few Notre Dame fans off the edge ledge over the last couple of days, and I completely understand it because that was your only corner that you had committed in the class, and it's an important class for cornerbacks as far as getting good quality depth. So it's definitely a loss. There's no doubt about it. But I think Notre Dame is in better position for a couple corners than maybe the fans would realize right now. I mean, they have really good uh, relationship right now with Micah T's out of the state of Oklahoma, Booker T Washington. Micah Bell is a guy out of Texas that has just come on kind of onto the scene with Notre Dame. Only got, um, only got his official offer in March. So they haven't been on him a ton of time, but I mean, he's a dynamic 23, six long jumper, 10, 600 meter guy who could potentially play offense as well on the college level. So there's a couple guys to be excited about. They're still kicking the tires, obviously with Christian gray, who they like a ton out, out of the uh, decimate. Uh, St. Louis area, so th- they're in a good spot, I think, with a couple corners in the class. But I mean, losing Justin Red definitely hurts. I'm not going to sit here and say like losing a talented player to that caliber doesn't hurt at all. But I think Notre Dame could rebound, and I think that they're in a good position for a few other talented corners. All right, let's shift gears, talk a little NFL draft, and again, the draft first round of the draft is a week from Thursday, and then uh, of course we'll continue through Friday and Saturday next week. But Kyle Hamilton. Uh, all the early talk was about him going in the top 10 of the draft. And then the 40 time, the combine, and all that stuff. And you've seen maybe a little bit of movement in where uh, his projections are. So, what do you see maybe as his potential landing spots right now with just a little bit more than a week to go? Yeah, I mean, I, I still think he has a very good opportunity to go in the top 10. I, I've been on 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 record to say that I think that the clock truly starts at number three to the Houston Texans. I have no idea what they're going to be doing. I think Detroit's either going to take a gamble on Malik Willis, the quarterback out of Liberty, or take one of the edge rushers, whether that's Trayvon Walker or Kayvon Thibodeau, if, if they kind of do a full circle on him. But I, I really do think that the Houston Texans are a team that could surprise someone and take Kyle that early. But even if they do not, I still think, I mean, you got the New York Giants that have two picks in that in that top 10. You have the New York Jets at 4-10. and 10. I really think that number 10 overall is kind of the floor. 
but I've talked to a few guys like Jordan Reed from ESPN and Connor Rogers from Bleacher Report, you know, pretty recently about the whole the whole situation. And they seem to think that number 11 to the Washington Commanders is the absolute floor for him. So there's a slight possibility he falls out of the top 10, but I think some people are kind of just overblowing the 40 time because yeah. 4 5 9 for 6 4 and an eighth, 220 pounds with 33 inch arms is still a historically good time for that size. So I, I think it was overblown slightly. And ultimately, I think he still goes top 10, but there is a slight chance that he might get to 11, depending on how people value, obviously, the safety position. Well, I mean, that, that frame and those long, you know, he covers a lot of ground, obviously. And like it, I, I went back and looked at some comps like Cam Chancellor, guys like him are all in that kind of range, you know, where, of Kyle Hamilton's 40 times. So it's not like his, you know, that, oh, that that automatically disqualifies him and, and he's not going to be a good NFL player because of that. Yeah, well, I, I actually did the same thing, Sean. I, I After the combine performance, because I know there was just a little bit of overreaction, I actually went down to some of the historical comps. Cam Chancellor's a good one that you mentioned. When you go back way back, you can go to Kenny Eastley that used to play with the Seahawks. You can go to guys like Steve Atwater back in the day. You can go to guys more recently, obviously, like Sean Taylor in the early 2000s. That was right. a similar Taylor's size profile. One, yeah. yep. Obi Melifon was a guy that obviously did not pan out. It's very similar size. J. Ron Curse is the most recent out of Clemson. So, the, the, the fact of the matter is is that there's not a lot of guys that you can point to with the same size because Kyle Hamilton's still a unicorn, man. Like, yeah. you don't see guys every year need that size profile. Like, it just is a rare thing. And then, I mean, in 2020 speaking, he played single high free safety on 55% of the snaps, you know? So, he's a he's a rare dude. And, you, I mean, you just have to flip on the Florida State game and watch the couple interceptions he had to just kind of be aware that, like, the, there's no real speed concerns with Kyle Hamilton. He's a special <laughs> athlete on the back end. Durability is the only thing that I think people can genuinely point to and say, like, you know, he has been banged up over the last couple of years. Like, that's something that you can't really avoid. But from a talent perspective, size, speed combination, I, I don't. I think that you're just overthinking Kyle Hamilton if you're too harsh in that 40 yep. time, honestly. I, I would have to agree with that. So then uh, Kevin Austin, um, Kyron Williams, probably, you, you know, like the, between Hamilton and those two, those are the big three. So who do you think is off the board as the second Notre Dame player picked before the combine, I would have said Kyron Williams very easily. I think that they're, I think that both him and Austin are going to be picked in relatively the same spot. I, I think that if Kyron tested pretty well, he had a chance to go somewhere in the second round. Like I think I was pretty safe, but with the, I mean, and, and no, you know, no, no lack of context to it. 194 pounds for Kyron at the combine running four, six, five and only a 32 inch vert. Like it's, just not good times. You know, yeah. it's not good testing overall. So he is going to dip a little bit. I think he's going to be somewhere third to fourth round. I don't think he falls past the fourth round because I just think the film is too good, you know, and he's a guy in today's game where the pass receiving, the pass blocking, it just gives you such a baseline of traits and such a, a high floor. So I still think he goes somewhere third, fourth round. But I think Kevin Austin with the with the performance he had, you know, 39-inch vert and 4-4-3 in the 40 and 11-foot broad and the, and the silly uh, short shuttle and, and three-cone numbers, I think he's in the same range. So if, if you had to ask me today, I actually would probably pick Kevin Austin. I think someone hmm. is going to draft him a lot earlier than people anticipate. I think he's somewhere as a prospect between Chase Claypool, who went in the second round, and then Miles Boykin, I think believe went in either the late third or somewhere in the fourth round. I think he's a better prospect coming out than a Miles Boykin, not quite as good as a Chase Claypool. So I would not be shocked if he sneaks somewhere on day two in the third round because I think that the talent is obviously there. It's always just been about consistency with Kevin Austin. Now, I've seen some mocks that only have those three guys get picked. Do you think it's just those three, or do they get more than that drafted? 
Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a weird conversation. Like, I really trust Dane Brugler, obviously, over at The Athletic. I think he's, yeah. like, one of the best in the business, and he's really tapped in uh, pretty consistently. But I am really on the wavelength that I think that Jack Cohn is a shoe-in to get drafted. I really okay. do. I think sixth, sixth, seventh round, I think someone's going to pull the trigger. Because, I mean, just in my opinion, he has kind of aced this pre-draft process. He had, obviously had a good ending to his Notre Dame season. Yeah. But then he goes to the, the Shrine Bowl out in Las Vegas, and he was the best quarterback. I mean, he literally won the best quarterback award, and I watched yeah, every single true. snap of those practices and in the game, and he was the best quarterback there, man. Like, like he definitely was. And it's not a great quarterback class, too, which I think lends Very into true. his chances of getting drafted. So tested better than I think some people some people thought. I mean, he had, he had as, as high a vertical as Traylon Burks, the potential first-round wide receiver out of Arkansas. So I think that Jack is just a very solid player. Obviously, I don't think that he's a guy that will necessarily go very uh, – I don't think he has high upside as a starting player at the NFL level, but I think he has a really nice baseline. He's For me, he's a guy that you blink your eyes six to seven years go by, and Jack Cohn's just been kind of sticking around in the NFL as a backup. Like, that's what I see with Jack. So I think he gets drafted. The, the question mark that I have is Myron uh, Tungavaloa Mosa – it's a tough one, man. I, I've talked to some people that really like him. I've talked to some people that kind of think he's a tweener, right? Yeah. And, and there's there's going to be a conversation. What's his best fit? Is he a perfect fit as an edge? Can he bulk up and maintain weight enough to play inside? Because that was kind of an issue with him in Notre Dame. So I think he's a very borderline player. If he does get drafted, it's going to be somewhere sixth to seventh round. But right now, I, I do think that Jack Cohn is going to end up getting drafted for Notre Dame. Okay. All right. We'll be keeping an eye on that next week. And, of course, we'll talk more about the draft Next week, as well as uh, how the weekend goes with all these visitors coming in for the Blue Gold game this weekend. Ryan Roberts from IrishBreakdown.com. Great stuff. Uh, appreciate appreciate your time, and uh, good, good talking with you. Good to meet you this week. We'll talk to you more next week. Absolutely, Sean. Appreciate you. All right, absolutely. Ryan Roberts, IrishBreakdown.com. A timeout when we come back. Some more uh, blue gold football talk in the my five and Vince D'Addario and I are going to draft our blue gold teams coming up in uh, rapid fire in the six o'clock hour tonight. That's coming up on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. This is the my five question of the day. Can you dig it? On sports radio, 960 AM WSBT. All right. My five today we got the Blue Gold Draft coming up tomorrow morning. And uh, as I explained earlier this hour, what they're going to do, they're going to flip a coin, and then uh, the two sides, the two coaches for the two teams, will decide what position group they're going to draft from first, and then they will draft that entire position group, and then they will move on to the next position group. So Coach A gets to pick the first position group, they draft it, Coach B gets to pick the next position group they draft it and go on until they draft the whole team. So I'm going to try to predict the order of the position groups that they get drafted in tomorrow. I'm going to start with the offensive line. Quarterback is the natural position to start with, but I'll say they start with the OL because you got a new offensive line coach, Harry Heastand, coming in, setting the attitude, Ed Orgeron praising the physicality and all that stuff last week. So kind of a tone setter. After all the offensive line issues last year. So I'll say they start with the offensive line. Second group pick, the quarterbacks. Because again, you know, you look at any team, you typically start with the quarterbacks. I'm just saying, I think they'll start with the offensive line and then go to the quarterbacks next in the blue gold draft. Third position group, 
wide receivers. Now, there's a premium of wide receivers available. So you get in, you draft your wide receivers, you know who your quarterbacks are going to be throwing to. Five healthy scholarship receivers this spring. Not a lot, so see a lot of receivers we haven't seen probably before on Saturday. So I'll say it goes offensive line quarterbacks, wide receivers, third. And then the defensive backs. And now I don't know if they'll separate corners and safeties. Maybe they do. I'll just say defensive backs. You know, this is the first defensive position I've got going off the board. Maybe a defensive group goes higher, you know, since they have a defensive-minded head coach now. But I'll go DBs and I'll, you know, I think it's more important than, say, the defensive line in a spring game because sacks are pretty much a dime a dozen with the red jerseys on the quarterbacks and all that stuff. So I'm going to go defensive backs. And then I will round it out and say linebackers are the fifth position group to be drafted so they'll finish up with two defensive position groups offensive line quarterbacks receivers defensive backs linebackers in that order that's my prediction will it happen that way i don't know but that's how i predict they're going to draft it tomorrow vince and i are going to draft our blue gold teams coming up in the six o'clock hour in rapid fire but don't forget to celebrate mom for mother's day sports radio 960 a.m give it away two thousand bucks to one lucky mom to treat her this Mother's Day. So if you want to enter in for the mom in for your life or you're you're a mom yourself, uh, that includes you, your dog, and your cat mom, sign up now at wsbtradio.com for your chance to win 2000 bucks this Mother's Day. Get all the details and enter today at wsbtradio.com. A timeout, a sports center update, and then Vince is in. With me for Rapid Fire in the 6 o'clock hour on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. You're listening to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat with Sean Styers On Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Who wants to have some fun? Rapid Fire starts now on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. And now your host, Sean Styers. Along with Vince D'Addario tonight, Rapid Fire on this Tuesday on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Vince is out braving the elements at his son's track meet, so hopefully that's going well. <laughs> Well, we're about uh, two events in, and uh, I would say so far so good. <laughs> Your son is a freshman in high school, right? Yes, that is correct. I was just thinking about this because my son, and you know how big he is, I think it was yes. when he was in seventh grade, he actually ran the half mile. I just started thinking Whoa. about this. Yeah, and he actually no he could move a little bit, you know. I mean, <laughs> he wasn't ever going to be obviously, uh, you know, a middle distance guy when he got to high school or you know any of that kind of stuff. But he could. Th- that was before he really started bulking up with football and all that kind of stuff. So he could move a little bit on the half mile. I remember. Well, and and, and you know, just to tie it completely in, they're they the team that Dylan uh, is on is facing John Adams High School. Oh, okay. So there you go. All right. Well, good deal. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little blue gold game. Let's start with this. Fill in the blank. It's blank that Notre Dame football is doing a draft to pick teams for Saturday's blue gold game. They're doing the draft tomorrow. Friggin' awesome! I, I think it's great <laughs> because look, it, 
from a team standpoint, it's a practice, right? Yeah. But it, this is supposed to be fun, right? It's supposed to be for the fans. It's supposed to be exciting. And so they're making it exciting. Like this draft tomorrow, it's going to have Jerome Bettis involved. The media has got invited to it. Like this is a fun, exciting thing, in my opinion. I, I think it's a great – I think it's awesome. I, I think also on top of that, we're probably not going to have to deal with the uh, – you know, the, the Stableford scoring and all of that. It's probably <laughs> going to be a normal football game, which I'm all for, man. I, I, think, it's, I think it's great. You I know, think it's great. Usually we find out the scoring format like the day of the game, yeah, you know, that, right. that kind of stuff. But I'm with you. I think it's pretty cool they're doing this draft. It's something different. And, you know, that, that kind of seems like what this whole spring – has been about there have just been a lot different things and you know and, and I think that you know in addition to obviously having the same head coach for 12 years you know just like we got used to seeing like the tempo drills at the start of practice and now that was good for us on the one hand because it basically gave us the depth chart you know especially for the offense and we could kind of well I guess for the defense as well though for that you know so like we could kind of see what the depth chart looks like. Now we don't have that, so, you know. So on the, you know, like for us, that's not great. But for the team, they're doing different things out there, and this kind of just seems to be a continuation of that. And then, like you said, a way for them to kind of get excited and have some fun with this team as they pick their teams and do a public draft for everybody to yes. see. So I agree, it's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's all about competition, and yeah. and you can you compete in a draft, you compete on the field. It's going to be a game, and I, I love it. I, I think it's a lot of fun. And, again, for the football team, it's a practice. For everybody else, it's supposed to be fun, and it felt like the fun was kind of sucked out of it at times over the past few years to yeah. me. Yep, I agree. I agree. Okay, now I don't know how long this is going to take us, but we're going, <laughs> we're going to draft our own teams. We're going to try to do it. If it ends up taking too long, we'll just have to cut it short maybe All right. <laughs> but All right. we're going to we're going to try to do it the way they're going to do it and what they're going to do they're going to do a coin toss at the start and then whoever wins the coin toss gets to pick the position group they want to start drafting first and then we will draft all the players from that position group and then go to the next position group so i've got my coin i'm going to let you okay. call it i'm going to let you call it and then We'll see what happens from there. Okay, go ahead. I've tossed the coin. What's your what's heads. your pick? And I'm not looking. Heads. It is heads. It is heads. Yes! So Vince wins the coin toss. <laughs> what position group do you want to pick first? Uh, I'm just going to get the easy one out of the way first. Let's go quarterback. Okay. I had a feeling that that might be the way it goes. So we will go quarterbacks. And, of course, four to choose from. You've got yes. – Steve Angeli, the true freshman. You've got Ron Paulus III, for, former Penn guy, Ron's son, Drew Pine, Tyler Buckner. Which quarterback are you going with first? I'm going with the presumptive – wow, that, is that even a word? Presumptive <laughs> starter. I'm going to go with Tyler Buckner, TB12 for the win. All right. I had a feeling that might happen, and I will go with Drew Pine as my pick. Smart man. Okay. So we've got well, two more. I I am sitting in the stands at Penn High School. Yes. So how could I not go with Ron Paulus, the third former starter at Penn High School? I will take him as my backup quarterback. Good choice. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. So I'll go. <laughs> I'll go with the freshman then, and Jelly. So we've got the quarterbacks okay. out of the way. I'm gonna take us to wide receivers. Okay. 
fun. Okay, here we go. And I get the first pick here now. Yes, you do. And I'm going to go Lorenzo Styles. And how could you not go Lorenzo Styles? Oh, by the way. Excellent pick. By the way, um, Avery Davis and Joe Wilkins, of course, are out for the spring. So, Well, is, is Joe's been full go at practice. Oh. Yeah, he's, he's good to go. Okay. Well. Yes. So he is, he is, if you want to rescind your first pick, if you wanted to go uh, with Joe Wilkins, you are more than welcome to do that since that was a late addition to the group. No, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with Lorenzo Styles. I'll go Styles. Dang it. Yep. I was hoping you would get off of him. Uh, All right. I know. You're trying to talk me out of it. <laughs> I did. I tried. I did try. All right. You know what? I'm going, I'm going big play. I'm going Braden Lindsay. Okay. So I've got Styles. You've got Lindsay. And then I will go to I'll go ahead and go Dion Colsey. Okay. I thought you might go that direction. Smart man. Dion Colsey, Mr. Inconsistent, but I think he's gonna be a lot better this year. Yeah. I am going I I will take the veteran. I will take Joe Wilkins. Okay. Wilkins for Vince. And what does that leave us? We got a few well, you've got Matt Salerno from. still on the board. Yep, we've got Jaden uh, Thomas, Matt Salerno, yep. uh, Connor Radigan yep. um, among the potentials, and I'll I'll just go with Jaden Thomas. I have no idea what we're going to get from him, but I'll go with uh, with Jaden Thomas as my next guy. Well, I'm going to stick with the local boys, and I'm going to take Connor Radigan. Okay. And one of the reasons is because he made an amazing catch at the practice that we were in at the corner of the end zone. Kid's got, kid's got the moves. I'm taking them. I think okay. he can do something for me. All right. And so then I've got Salerno, and I think that does it for the wide receivers then. I believe, yeah. Unless there's, there's, there's like there's another walk-on. walk-on. I mean, Such. we're going to see some walk-ons, but we obviously have no idea, you know, yeah, I mean, I'm perusing the list here to see if there are a lot of walk-ons. Grab, there are a lot of walk-ons, but I, you know, and most of them are at wide receiver. I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll just give you one to even it out. So we each have four. I'll give you, um, I'll give you Griffin Eifert, Tyler Eifert's okay. younger brother. Okay, I'll take that. Who's a walk-on? What, what number is he? He there, I found is. It yep, twenty-eight. I found it. Okay. See, I did the I did the numerical roster instead of the position by position roster, which probably was uh, not the most intelligent move. But gotcha. That's what I'm working with over here. Gotcha. Okay, quarterbacks and wide receivers done. What position group do you want to go to now, Vince? Let's go RBs. Let's go running backs. All right, I love it. Yeah, buddy. To the I'm gonna backs. I'm I'm gonna take Logan Diggs as my uh, first running back off the board. You're gonna go Logan Diggs. All right, you'll make it easy for me then, and I'll just take Chris Tyree. I figured that might be the case. And I am going to go with the rookie, the early enrollee, Jadarian Price. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing. I was actually thinking about him, but I got to go Tyree with that experience that he's got. I get it. Oh, absolutely. Then I'll go with the guy who right now might be my favorite guy just because he's a big, bad bruiser, Audric Estime. Yeah. I'll go with the, with the big dog, Audric Estime. As my, so I've got a little thunder and lightning in my backfield, Tyree and Estime. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> he's he's a big bad boy right there. Yep. You, you don't want to mess. You don't want to meet him in a dark alley. <laughs> he's a big boy. It's absolutely right. That is absolutely right. 
And I'm trying to see. I think that is pretty much it for the available running backs yeah. for right now, right? I mean, you, you've got you've got Chase Ketter, Chase Ketter guy from yeah, again, walk-ons and stuff. But he's a walk-on. You've got Sam Asaf. He's a walk-on. Yeah. Um, but I think that's about it. So that's okay. fine. All right. So I'm going to go over to the defense, and I'll go Ooh, with our first okay. defensive group and go with – Let's go with the corners. Oh, okay, okay. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the guy that everybody is down on. It seems like Clarence Lewis, and just you know, I'm I'm gonna take Clarence Lewis. Give him a little confidence right out of it. You're the first. I like that. You're the first cornerback picked. We know you can do it. So Clarence Lewis is uh, is gonna be my boundary corner. Well, if anybody knows me on Irish Breakdown, they know that I am a massive cam hart fan but he's out he's out yep spring so i can't i don't want people to think that i'm not picking cam hart because he's the man i love cam hart right but he is not available so and i think you probably would have picked him too because he is absolutely the best corner in that room but yep. uh so i just wanted to get that out there um you know what i am going to take uh ryan barnes okay with my first pick i i like what i've seen from ryan barnes he's long he's athletic he, he's an exciting player Okay. Had a feeling that might be the way that you go. Um, I'll just go with more experience and go with Tyreek Bracey. A little versatility. You know, can okay. obviously play the nickel. You know, maybe the outside. You know, play the field as well, especially since Cam Hart is out. So, I'll go with Tyreek Bracey. All right. I like that pick. I have no problem with that pick. I'm going to mark them off here. I'm going to go with yet another early enrollee for my second corner pick, and I'm going to go with the man with the mouth, Jaden Mickey. <laughs> Jaden right. Mickey can talk some serious smack, and I love that from my corner, and he can back it up with his play. So I'm taking the, the young gun in Jaden Mickey. Okay, so you've got Mickey, and I will go with Philip Riley. Then, you know, another guy maybe who pushes Clarence Lewis a little bit. So I'll go Riley as my third corner. All right. And then let's see here. Believe that. Yep. Go ahead. I was going to say, what do we got left on the board? We got Chance Tucker. I think, yeah, I think that's just about it right now. Okay. Then I, I I will be more than happy to take Chance Tucker as my third corner. Okay. All right. Uh, I guess there's actually Jaden Bellamy as well. I forgot about. Oh, Bellamy. didn't even realize that, so he goes to you by default. Okay, so I'll take Bellamy. All right, so that was my uh, position group pick. What's your next? What's your position group now? Oh, you know, I, I was very happy you went defense uh, because I'm an offensive guy, okay. and I'm going with the tight ends. Going tight ends. Yes, I am. All right, let me find the tight end group here. There we go. All right, so Vince is going to the tight ends. And, and I mean, if I didn't take, I mean, come on, if I didn't take the future, yeah. you know, all, all American, Mr. Everything, Michael Mayer, then I, we need to just end this game right now. Yeah. I mean, you've got a pretty good fantasy team cooking up here, right? I, now. I'm kind of excited about it. You got Buckner, you got Lindsay, you got Diggs, you got Mayer. That's a pretty good group right there. Right. I mean, I'm not upset. I've still, I've got Pine, Styles, Tyree, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not in estimate. I'm not, you know, I'm not sad about that group. Right. You're not hurting. You're not hurting. That's right. I will go with the touchdown machine 
Kevin Bauman. You know, last All fall right. he was the touchdown machine during the red zone stuff, but he was hurt, you know, for most of last year. But I'll go Bauman. All right. Uh, injuries at tight end. Do you, do you, Kane Barong is out. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. All right, just making sure. Well, I will go with the double eight in Mitchell Evans. Okay. Evans. And then I'm trying to look and see. I don't. I've got another tight end coming in in the fall, but I, I think that's it as far as available yes. scholarship tight ends right now. That is correct. Okay. So that is it for that. And that means we have pretty much closed out the skill guys on the offensive side of the ball. That is correct. All right. Well. Do you want to go to some big uglies and pick an offensive oh, line? Yes. yes. <laughs> I love where your head's at because that's right. where I was going to go next, regardless of your next pick. Okay. All right. So offensive line, and I have got to start it off with one Blake Fisher. He's going to be How could you not? my first pick. Yep. How could you not? That's a very, very, very smart pick. Um, and I – just because – I don't know that he would have been necessarily my first pick if I'm putting a team together, but I can't let you have both starting tackles. Yeah, that's true. So I got to go Joe Alt here. Yep. Uh, you know, he's, he's a returning starter, obviously, um, but I'm taking Joe Alt just because I don't want you to have both tackles. Okay. And uh, if you're just tuning in, we're doing our blue gold football game draft. They are drafting teams tomorrow. So Vince and I are drafting our teams. We've done quarterbacks, receivers, running backs, cornerbacks, tight ends, and now we're on to the offensive line. And I'll uh, I'll just put together the right side of the offensive line, and I will go Josh Lug, who will be uh, you know presumably moving into guard and playing next to uh, Blake Fisher at right tackle. Smart man, I like it. I'm gonna go with the only person on the roster with experience at center uh, that is healthy, and I'm gonna go with Zeke Carell. Yep, that's a pretty good pick right there. As well. Okay, so then I'll jump over and I will take big Andrew Christoffic. Oh, that's a good pick. Yep, so now I've got both guards and the uh, the right tackle as well. That's a very good pick, sir. That's a very good pick. Uh, let's see here. You know what? I have always hoped that he would kind of break out, and I think this might be his year. Uh, even though it might be in a backup role. I'm taking Tosh Baker as my other tackle. Okay. So Vince has got Tosh Baker. So we've got those. And then I'll, I'll go ahead and take Rocco Spindler. I don't know. You know, he, I mean, because it's the blue gold game, we'll see him out there. We'll see if, yep. he, you know, if he ends up at guard or, you know, kind of where maybe if they move him around a little bit, guy with some versatility. So I'll go, I'll go Rocco as my next Okay. Player. And I will come right back with Michael Carmody. Okay. Carmody. And then I will take Pat Coogan, who I would imagine is going to be starting for one of the teams as a center since Jarrett Patterson is out and they don't have a whole lot of centers. Who? Uh, you know what? I've heard a lot of good things about Caleb Johnson, so I'm going to take Caleb Johnson as okay. my fifth. Offensive lineman. All right. So we both got five, so we will stick with that. Let's take a timeout, and uh, when we come back, we will complete our blue-gold football game 
draft on Rapid Fire with Vince D'Addario, Sean Styers, Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Rapid Fire and Budweiser's weekday sports beat continue on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. A few minutes here to go, and then we've got the South Bend Cubs pregame show coming up at 645 with Brennan and Max. Vince and I doing our blue gold draft. They're drafting teams in the morning, so we're doing our own draft ahead of their draft, and we'll compare and see who comes closest to what uh, they end up with tomorrow. So we just did offensive line. We've done quarterbacks, receivers, running backs, corners, tight ends, offensive line. Vince, it's your turn to pick a position group. What do you want to go with next? I am going to go with safeties. I think that's going to be a fun one. All right. So down to safeties. Let me scroll to what I've got here. All right. So start us off. Safeties. Well, I'm going with the transfer from Northwestern, Brandon Joseph. Everything I've seen of him in practice has been nothing short of amazing. And so I think he's going to be special. Figured you would. I'll just jump right over and go to Ramon Henderson, who's been pretty impressive himself since uh, moving back to safety in the middle of last season. And uh, so I'll go with Mr. Henderson as my top safety. All right. Well, I am going to go with uh, Mr. Two-Way player. And I think he should be on offense, but he's still on defense, and he's pretty darn good on defense. And I'm going Xavier Watts. All right. Good pick. For you there with uh, Xavier Watts. Um, let me see. Well, I'll just go with Houston Griffith, guy with a lot of experience. So I'll just uh, I'll, I'll 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 go with Houston Griffith as my second safety. All right, you want to just stick with two per? Yeah, we can. Or you want to keep going? We can. Basically, basically, we got D.G. Brown and Justin Walters left. Yeah, if we want to finish off the draft, we probably should just uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Keep it, keep it moving here, pretty yes, quickly. That sounds good. Okay. All right, what's the next position group, sir? Well, let's go to linebackers. A lot of guys oh, to get through there. And deep, deep group. A lot of different options now. J.D. Bertrand out of action, I believe, right now. Right. Okay. Yep, I believe that is. I accurate. believe he still is. I haven't seen him so. I will go with, I guess, the guy who intrigues me the most since he was looking so impressive in fall camp last year, and then he got hurt and didn't get to play oh, yeah. at all. I will go with Marist Leofau as my first Smart man. Smart man. Definitely the first pick overall. That's a good pick. It's a very, very good pick. <laughs> um, you know, I this might not be a popular pick. And I could understand why it wouldn't be. But I am going to go with Bo Bauer. I'm taking middle linebacker. Yep. And I'm taking Bo. Nothing wrong with that. I had a feeling that you might go there. And I was kind of, you know, thinking about him as well. You know, do I do I take him? What do I do? And so I, I, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't blame you at all for taking him. Um, My next pick is going to be Jordan Botelho. And... Ooh. You know, he's a guy who started off as a Viper defensive end. They moved him out to Rover. He's, you know, he's part of the linebacker group. I think he's a guy with some versatility that they could even move inside. So, you know, maybe I'm jumping the gun by picking him this early, but I think because of his in- versatility, he intrigues me a little bit. So I'm going to go with him. Okay. Well, Especially I, I in a blue not gold a bad game. pick. Yeah. yeah. Not a bad pick, but I'm going to go with the returning starter, and I'm going to go with Jack Kaiser. I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. 
We both went rover there. Yep, and, that's uh, true. And we got our rover taken care of. Yep, that is very true. So I am going to go – oh, my goodness. It's a little bit th- – see, and again, like, that's why I think, like, maybe Patello could even see some mic action tomorrow just because of where the numbers are with the linebackers and stuff like that with Bertrand out. Um – I'll tell you what, I'll go with one of the promising young freshmen and go with Jalen Sneed. Ooh, okay. Jalen Sneed for the win. (laughs) What number is he? i got to learn these. Uh, these 17. Yeah, I know. We haven't really got to see him yet. 17. There we go. All right. Well, I am going to go over uh, to the weak side linebacker position, and I am going to take Prince Holly. Good pick. I like that. So let's take one more linebacker each, I guess. Okay. I will go Josh Burnham, another potential Will linebacker candidate. I will go with him. That's a good one. That's a very good one. Number 40. And I, I mean, basically that's what we're left with. We're left with the freshmen. Yeah. Um, I, and I love me some middle linebackers. So I'm going with junior Tui Alamaka. All right. Uh, I, I don't know if I can spell all that, but <laughs> <laughs> number 44 in your playbook. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> all right. So now we go to the defensive line to finish this us is out. Interesting. Yep. And you have the first pick here. Now we were oh, talking, that's right, you're right. We, we, you know, we were talking with uh, Isaiah Foskey has been limited. Do we want to leave him off the list? Do you think? Yes, I think, we, and we also have to leave off uh, Jason Adamalola. Jason, yeah, yep. yep. So, and that probably would have been each of our number one picks. I would imagine if everybody was healthy. Yeah. Um, and so we got we do have to leave those guys off. Yep. All right. So, who's your first defensive lineman you want to go with? All right. So you know what? I am going to go with the other Adamiola, and I'm going to go with Justin okay. Adamiola to All lock right. down my Viper position. All right. So you've got that. Oh boy! So that means, man, there's there's like a lot of names there, but like yes, guys, it's like correct. you know some guys who you know maybe kind of underperformed a little bit compared to you know what we thought going in. I'll just go to the other side of the defensive line and go with Riley Mills, Ooh, a guy who that's can play a good one. inside and out. Yeah, that was that was going to be my next pick. You stinker, you. <laughs> All right. Um, I am. You know what? I'm going to go on the other side, uh, the other edge, and I'm going to go with again a name that we've heard of many times. I'm going to go with Nana Osafa Mensa. Yeah, I don't blame you. Good pick. I like that as well. So you're going to go Nana Osafa Mensa, and I will go in the middle to Jacob Lacey. Oh, nice. Plug it up a little Very bit. Very good. Yeah. Very good. You know what? My next pick is going to be another early enrollee. I think this is my third early enrollee. And I'm going I'm to take Tyson Ford. Yeah. I was going to plug up the middle for me a little bit, but he's athletic as all get out. Yep. Yep. He is. I kind of had my eye on him a little. And so with that, I will go to Ehrensberger. The... Ah, yes. From Germany. Yep. So I've got Aaron's right. Burger. You've got Ford. Okay. 
Okay. Uh, I, you know what? I need some beef up the middle, so I'm going to go with Aiden Kiana Anna. Uh, he is hurt. He is hurt. It's hurt. Ah, I yep, knew you were going to say about that. Him. Yep, I forgot. And as soon as his name came out of my mouth, I was like, I think he's injured. Yep, I had him All on right. my injured list. Yep. All right, fair enough. Um, you know what? Howard Cross the third. All right, so you've got Cross. That's where I'll go. And I will finish it out with. Hmm, I'm not sure which direction I want to go here. I will just go with Osita Ekwanu. Okay. Okay. And then you've got one. Uh, we both got four. Okay. So that's it. Yeah, so, I think we're so good. We, so we finish off our rosters there. All right. Uh, we've got just a couple of minutes here since we spent all that time doing the draft. <laughs> I wanted to be sure uh, we'll get this one question in. Fill in the blank. Jake Arietta just announced his retirement from baseball. First thing you think about when you think of Jake Arietta, Mr. Cubs fan, Vince, is blank. Well, it, I mean, it's easy. He was He's the, a huge part of the 2016 World Series for the Cubs. Uh, the sad part, I don't know if this is sad or not, but like the, my first image that comes to mind, and I don't know if this is, this is wrong in any way, but it was that picture that he took in uh, ESPN, the magazine, <laughs> the body issue. Where he's like up in the stretch, where he does like you know his Pilates I mean? stuff and all that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, like dude was that dude was put together. Yeah, he's right? chiseled, and that's for sure. Yes, he was for a pitcher. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, he he was unbelievable. I think there was I saw some stats online today that that thirty game stretch between fifteen and sixteen. Yeah, he was like twenty nine and one with like a one point six ERA, two no hitters. I mean, a point seven one WHIP. I think like. That's unbelievable. <laughs> that's, that's hard to do. It is. Um, he, he was amazing for that stretch of time, and uh, he will always be remembered fondly by Cubs fans. Yep, and uh, I think that that's kind of it for me, that combination of the 2015-16 seasons. He won the Cy Young in 2015, yep. and then, uh, you know, I'm such a workhorse for the World Series team in 2016 as well. And, I mean, he was basically – Thrown away by the Baltimore Orioles. Jeff Samarja was not too happy when they traded for him. Thought, you know, like, what are you getting this guy for? Aren't we competing for championships? And it ends up being Arietta who wins the Cy Young in the World Series and, and uh, Samarja who ended up kind of bouncing around a little bit. A's, White Sox, and then, of course, finishing his career with San Francisco. But uh, great Jake Arietta announcing his retirement. Vince, appreciate it as always. Hope you're staying warm out there. Good luck with your games this week, and I will talk to you Friday. I appreciate it, Mr. Styers. That was a fun one. That, yep. was, that was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Finishing off our Blue Gold draft, and again, we'll uh, hold them up and see, them how, see how they compare to tomorrow's actual Blue Gold draft that they have tomorrow morning. Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat is brought to you by Budweiser, Tim Grau State Farm Insurance, Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, and the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Stick tight. We've got South Bend Cubs baseball coming up next with Brennan and Max on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT.
Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 